0: This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.tv, University of California Television. Like what you learn, help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. Penanthropologists once thought humans evolved in Europe and Asia around 40 to 50,000 years ago. We now know Homo sapiens evolved in Africa between more more than 100 to 300,000 years ago. And yet, evidence Showing these earlier humans behaved in similar ways to recent humans continues to surprise us. But should it? Here's an example. Several weeks ago, there was an article published in Nature, an abstract drawing from the 73,000-year-old levels at Blombos Cave in South Africa. Now, this is an important discovery, and it's published in one of the world's foremost and prestigious scientific journals. But abstract drawings are human cultural universals. You're looking at some of them right now. Everyone makes them. Shouldn't we expect that humans who lived in South Africa 73,000 years ago made abstract drawings too? Were early humans not behaving modern humans? Were they these primitive humans that anthropologists have been looking for and not finding for more than two centuries? I think we have to ask what is behavioral modernity and take a close look at it. It's an inferred quality based on unexpected archeological discoveries, art, symbols, carved bone tools, and, and similar things, rather than things predicted from prior evolutionary theory before the excavation started. Modernity claims for, come first, supporting evidence, arguments, and theoretical justifications are developed after the fact. This is not a good way to do science, and it is a demonstrably poor way to do justice, because long ago, people in Salem, Massachusetts, used the same approach to identify witches. Witchcraft accusations came first. Evidence was then gathered, and theories developed after the fact. More than 200 people were accused, dozens jailed, 19 hanged, and one tortured to death. And yet, Massachusetts exonerated most accused and convicted witches 17 years later, in 1703. Why should we expect our search for prehistoric, behaviorally modern humans to be any more successful and enduring than Salem's search for witches? I don't think we should. So what's wrong with behavioral modernity? First off, it's anti-evolutionary. It assumes all humans evolve convergently towards the same end, and regardless of divergent selective pressures. Secondly, it's a metaphor rather than a measurable property of the evidence, and a metaphor that archaeologists choose selectively. It doesn't predict all its interpretations are made after the fact. I think it's better to focus and I 'll propose it's better to focus, on behavioral complexity instead, with behavioral maturity. Different lightning bolts will all produce the same kinds of stone tools. Don't flint nap outdoors during a lightning storm. With behavioral complexity, different causes beget different results. So, what is behavioral complexity? Well, key features of complex phenomena include multiple parts that interact with one another systematically. Different inputs create different outputs. And historical and geographic variation among inputs creates complexly patterned variability among the outputs. That's a little systems, too much systems theory. Here's a practical example. Folk art is a complex phenomenon in which artists, cultures, materials, and markets interact dynamically with one another. If you think folk art is simple, do please join us in Santa Fe, New Mexico for the International Folk Art Festival. It happens each July. Handcrafted artifacts vary historically and geographically in complexly patterned ways. So how complex was early human stoneworking? Today, stoneworking, or making stone tools, is a handicraft, a full cart, of which I'm a pr- practitioner. A reasonable source of, It's also a reasonable source of hypotheses about prehistoric, prehistoric stoneworking, because it's familiar, we can observe it. If early Homo sapiens had similar capacities for behavioral variability, excuse me, for, comp- for behavioral complexity to ours, and different ones from earlier hominids, then their first appearances in the fossil record should coincide with onsets of complexly patterned stone tool variability. Okay, that's a prediction. It d- does it? Well, indeed it does. After 100 to 300,000 years ago, Homo sapiens' first appearances everywhere coincide with increasingly complex and patterned stone tool variability. So what is complexly patterned stone tool variability? I think this slide, I hope this slide captures it well. And to make my point, I've stripped away all the hints you would have to the origins of these artifacts from their raw materials and substituted them with drawings. The objects in blue here date to more than 300,000 years ago, and their artifact designs, their shapes, their morphology, their patterns of modification, only weakly indicate geographic origin and, and their age, if they do so at all. Now... In the past, I've offered to have a contest and offered a $20 bill to anybody who can guess where the object, the uh, teardrop-shaped object comes from, but I'm told that uh, that would be improper. (laughs) Okay, now, less than 100,000 years ago, artifact designs indicate age and geographic origin with increasing precision. The objects outlined in red are a bit older. They're closer to around 100,000 years ago. If... You to guess their ages. You'd probably come within 10,000 years, maybe 100,000 years. But the objects in black, the objects in black are more recent. They're younger than 40,000 years. And with some of them, we can narrow down their occurrence to 2,000 years. The, the, the object, uh, let's see, one, one, two, three, four, fourth from, from the, uh, the right there, the, one with a hollow sort of base. That, that's an artifact found here in, in North America, but from the Mississippi River to the Rocky Mountains and up to the Great Plains over the course of about two centuries. Excuse me, 2,000 years. <clears throat> what do stone tools teach us? First off, stone tools are indestructible evidence about mind-technology relationships. This, this evidence shows complex mind-technology relationships were in place among early humans at least 100 to 300,000 years ago. Increasingly complex stone tool and other artifact variability since 100,000 years ago suggests mind-technology relationships changed during the course of human evolution. So if we're trying to discover the influence of the mind on technology and technology on the mind, we need to remember we're shooting at a moving target. So, why? These are the fun questions. Why does stone tool variability become increasingly complex and patterned? Tools can be evolutionary advantageous, but they come with costs few other animals tolerate. Only primate other primates occasionally use tools, but only Homo sapiens are obligatory tool users. Obligatory tool use is irreversible. Even the best survival experts require tools. How many of you guys will fess up to seeing this show naked and afraid? Come on. I, I just, you've seen this. Some of you, I know at least one other of you in the audience has been like me recruited to, to participate in it. I don't want to treat my students to pictures of, of, of me running around without clothes. They couldn't get insurance for this program unless they equipped the contestants with, with tools. It's not, it wouldn't be called naked and afraid. It would be called naked and dead. <laughs> now, as I say, it's irreversible. We can't go back. More tool use increases cultural differences' potential influence on tool-making strategies. I like to call this the know-you're-doing-it-wrong effect. So what do we know, what do we not know, and what do we want to know? We know obligatory tool use is intrinsically complex and variable, and these are quantities we can measure using the stone tool evidence. We do not know whether obligatory tool use was a uniquely derived characteristic of Homo sapiens behavior or one shared by other hominins now extinct, such as Denisovans, Neanderthal, perhaps. We, have, we're, find, we find ourselves in a, a happy spot where we have new research questions. You always want to come up with new research questions. You don't want to just hang up your spurs and, and, uh, and go do something else. How did obligatory tool use change the human mind from earlier primate and hominin conditions? And how do we detect obligatory tool use? Now, some of my colleagues might say, and I'm not referring to anyone in the room, some of my colleagues might say, we have an arsenal of of ways of measuring stone tools and quantifying their variability that we've been using for for 200 years. But archaeologists who formulated those measurements 200 years ago weren't thinking about obligatory tool use. So we're in a situation where we have a, a, a toolbox full of hammers and chisels, and we're setting forth to change the battery on an iPhone. So I don't think the existing tools archaeologists use to characterize the stone tool record are necessarily unhelpful, but we have to prove that value. Thank you.